Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday evening, maybe a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of you guys listening in, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsors. Only two of them here in the beginning today. We want to thank College Corner, who want to remind you as your as football season is going along, and we keep getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving and the holiday season. You want to deck the house out in maroon and white? Well, College Corner is the place for that. They've got all the stuff you need to let everybody know that you are a proud bulldog. From plates and platters for tailgating to flags and decorative items around the house, and of course the largest and best selection in Central Mississippi of MSU logo wear. So. Swing by one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or, of course, you can visit them online at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems right now knows that, like I said, it's getting close to the holiday season, and that's the time when businesses need to make sure that every penny is accounted for and that nothing is going the wrong way. So why not put 45 years of experience in the Magnolia State to work for you? They can get the solutions in place for you to make sure your business is running at peak efficiency. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at www. You know, you know, people sometimes forget that. you got to put that in there. <laughs> www.absms.com to find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Mississippi State falls to Texas A&M 28-14. Which I correctly predicted, by the way. Was that your score? That was my score. Look at you. You could have been rich. Why didn't you bet? So, uh, so fine. And I have written proof of it if you'd like to go to Cowbell Corner and read yeah, my prediction going into the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after three weeks of being totally off... Right on the money. Thought I was going to get close to mine. I had twenty three seven, and I was like, "I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be close." Uh, I was close, I guess technically, but you, you got it on the the, but, the button. Well, another uh, same day, diff, same song, different verse. Good deep defensive performance, but a miserable offensive one. Uh, MSU once again changing quarterbacks without Kylan Hill, as we talked about. Not sure what his his situation is yet. Uh, a lot went wrong. Perhaps Joel T. Coleman can be the one who explains everything and why it went that way because i'm going to ask him right now joel t what's causing all that it's as easy of a what's causing all that as we've ever had all right mississippi state's offensive line is not good is there another word you might would you like me to say that word i'm struggling to come up with one do you they are putrid (laughs) it's bad brian I mean, bad would be a compliment at this point for what that group is doing. And I don't really get it. I mean, the only... Is it the splits? Is it the coaching? Is it the personnel? I I don't really know what has happened to to that bunch. But they're not good, and as long as they're not good, Mississippi State's not going to be good. This offense is not going to be good. Are there other issues and things? You know, KJ threw another interception, I know, and... Yes, there's there's a little bit of but even if you fix the rest of that, it doesn't matter if your O line stinks. 
And so state will never, in the rock means ever, be good if their offensive line performs this way. Will not. And credit to uh, these guys I'd never heard of before that you, of course, have seen and uh, retweeted, but I think you retweeted them. Mm Mm-hmm. But the the split zone duo, whatever, Twitter account, Mississippi State got blitzed just twice all day, yet still gave up the highest rate of pressures, hits, sacks, hurries of any team in FBS this week except for the service academies. And as they said, almost impossible to do. But this group did it. This offensive line, say what you wanted about the air raid and KJ and turnovers and who should be the quarterback and what's up with Kylan. You talk about all the issues you want to – at its base level, if you could fix just one thing about this offense, that offensive line has to be fixed. Somehow, some way, if you want this team to succeed, those five guys up front in whatever order and whatever personnel you want to play them or whatever, if those five don't get it, get their crap straight, the rest of it's not going to get fixed. You're not wrong. You, you are completely correct. And we will let that segue directly into... This next segment, brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who want to remind you that the food truck is up and running, and they are also up and running. I went by there, and I picked up a chuck roast. I haven't cooked it yet. I'm doing that for uh, for, for dinner tonight. Um, so it'll be cooked, I guess, as you're listening. Um, but they're they're making a lot of big changes. Got they, they've, they've redecorated and redesigned the interior, and there's some big stuff coming your way uh, at, at welcome home beef. So you need to go by and check out what they're doing and check out some of that incredible product. They've got to give you the best beef you'll ever buy grain fed, locally sourced beef, melt in your mouth, tender, great burgers, great steaks, roast, and of course, everything else you're looking for, for the weekend. The weather is just so fantastic right now. It's perfect for cooking out. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're not putting welcome home beef products on the grill. So go by there today, call them at 662 268-8148 268-8148 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcome home beef and they will have a brand new website they're debuting very very soon that'll be a lot more uh, user friendly and a lot more efficient for you and one thing's for sure whenever you pick up from welcome home beef when you bring it home when you put it in your mouth it just tastes good you know what's not going to taste good the things the that are true are the things that are true I hadn't guessed let's see mm-hmm. 13 I only have 10 today okay and I feel like that's because I'm repeating myself. Like, I could just say the same things from last week, because it's the same things. Yeah, I had someone today uh, inside the, the house of God mm-hmm. who said, I bet you have a lot of interesting stuff to write about. And I was like, well, it's Groundhog Day. Again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's we thing. just keep just writing copy the same and stuff. paste your articles. Yeah, you know? it really is. Change some names to protect the innocent. Uh, you sort of you hit on it. You're, the, what's causing all that is number one. It doesn't matter what you can do, what you do when you can't block. Doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. You. Football, at its essence, is two things. It's blocking and tackling. Everything else is just the window dressing. If you can't block, you can't win. If you can't tackle, you can't win. State can tackle. Yep. They can tackle plenty good, but they Halfway cannot there. block. Nope. And there are levels of bad. What we saw on uh, Saturday was embarrassing. <clears throat> now, you quoted that stat. And a blitz, by definition, is five or more. Yes. So when they rush four, it's not considered a blitz. No. Every time they rush four, they got home. Mm-hmm. You know, the extra guy made the difference. And that's not blitzing. That's just bringing four. You still got the numbers advantage yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, you, the hesitation 
lack of communication, lack of physicality, lack of aggressiveness, everything you want in a bad offensive line, you've got it with Mississippi State right now. That's an embarrassing performance. Seeing a lot of people on social media talking about, well, this is a line that was recruited to be run blockers. And I get that. But that should mean two things to me. First off, everybody knows how to pass block. If anything, pass blocking is easier than run blocking. It's just keep the guy in front of you. You know, run blocking, you got to pull, yeah. you got to drive, guy. you don't want to put him into the hole, you got to create lanes. Pass blocking is just keep the guy pass in front blocking, of you. Yeah, that guy right there, don't let him get to him. But secondly, if you're recruited for run blocking, run blocking is more aggressive. Lack of aggression should not be a problem for a guy who was recruited as a road grader. That should be a guy who wants to get after it. I'm not seeing that from Mississippi State's offensive line. They look passive. Now, I see a lot of people saying the same thing. They blocked better for Rodgers. And I agree. They made some changes. They brought Dollar Bill in, but then he got hurt. They had to move Island back to tackle, who he got whipped like a government mule all day long. Cole Smith to left guard was a good move. He was playing with some aggression, I thought. He played really well They when they took out LaQuinston Sharp. They got a week to, to make some things happen and, and shuffle the pieces around and figure it out. Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. And it's on them to do that. But I just go ahead and tell you right now, you're not winning jack anything blocking like that. It's just not ever going to happen for you. So, you know, like I said, we can talk about changing quarterbacks and who's in the backfield and receiver rotation. It doesn't matter. Until State can block better, their offense is going to do nothing. And, you know, we're all mystified by the, you know, five against three. I don't really care how big the splits are, to be honest with you. Five on three should be able to win. Every time. You know, when Cole Kublik, who is a former SEC offensive lineman, is telling you, the five on three, you should win that battle every time. You should win that battle every time. There's no excuse. There's a, we could talk to Mason Miller, who I guarantee knows a ton more about football and certainly knows a ton more about the scheme of the air raid and the X's and O's and the ins and outs. And he could explain to me how they're losing these matches, and it doesn't matter. It does not matter to me. There is no excuse for five to get beat by three. And until that changes... Well, we're going to be having these same conversations every Monday. Simple as that. Number two, I still don't see future star with Will Rogers. He played well. No, no, no. I mean, he had a good drive. He had a good drive, but I'm not. I'm, he's not doing things that make me go, this guy is a can't-miss guy. But that being said, you got to go forward with him. The K.J. Costello era, is, as far as I'm concerned, it's over at Mississippi State. There's no going back. And that is as as dramatic a fall from stardom as you will ever see in your entire... It's incredible that in a month's time, less than a month, on September 26th, K.J. Costello was king of the college football world. If they had had a Heisman Trophy celebration ceremony that day, he would have won it. No question. Four weeks later, he's on the bench and not probably not coming back. I, I can't see him coming back. Um... I mean, his first interception was... Oh, he only threw one interception, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, it was an interception from the time it left his fingers. As soon as it up. left his hand, that was an interception. The ball's in the air, I'm like, it looks like a, a, somebody shot a duck. Yeah, I said out loud... Of course, we're socially distant. I don't know if anybody heard me, but yeah. I said out loud, there it is. That's another thing that is true. i got to talk to the people in SID. i got nobody sitting by me. Like, there was 12 feet between me and the next person who worked for Texas a Like, can I have one friend here? Can my man Joel T. sit six feet from me? So I can have somebody to talk to during the games? Come on. But yes, I mean, as soon as the ball left his hand, I was like, really? And I'm watching the route, and I'm like, well, maybe... I, I think it was the Shavers. I could be wrong. But 
maybe that guy can make a, a play on a 50-50 ball. But he couldn't. It was, it was doing a double coverage. It was first down. You're at the A&M 35. You put a little drive together. You're thinking, okay, maybe they're going to get some points. The throw is bad, but the thought process is worse. You're throwing into double coverage on first down like that. I mean, just take a few yards. You know, get on the board. So that was bad. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell if it was real cheering or fake cheering when he decided to run for a first down and got one. The fans are not behind KJ at all. Uh, the fumble, I mean, what can you do there? Just it's just it's just not working for him. It's not fair to the guy. It sucks. It's a it's a it's a a cautionary tale. I think of, it's of, very fair. He's had opportunity after. No, no, opportunity. no. What I mean is, it's not fair that sometimes things like this happen to people. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the bigger picture. Yeah, it's what no. The benching him is absolutely fair. Absolutely, he he has he, he's turned the ball over thirteen times now. I think in four games, he, you can't you can't go on like that. Mm-hmm. I get that, but it's not fair that a kid. I shouldn't say a kid, but a person. You know, no, it sucks for him. It's as, a little bit of a, a cautionary tale for grad transfers, to be honest with you. Or you know, just it, it, sometimes it might be best. I mean, right now, if KJ Costello had just gone pro, somebody probably picks him up. You know, late round pick. He had a good career at Stanford. Showed that he's healthy. Yeah, sure. His draft stock got hurt this year, despite yes. the fact that. Yeah, he went from top ten pick four weeks ago. Like he was probably the third quarterback off the board after uh, Lawrence and Fields. To. Well, maybe he'll get a, a free agent tryout somewhere. Maybe he can recapture so that, what he had at Stanford. Maybe with pro days and something. I mean, sometimes yeah. these NFL guys see things. But I mean, we his don't arm see, strength but. isn't good right now. His decision making is bad. He's not mobile. What am I? Ex- what am I excited I mean, about? I don't know. And some of his throws, man, it's just like a shot duck, just yeah. wobbling in the air. That, I mean, that that interception was unbelievable. With Rodgers, it did look like the team picked up around him and rallied around him a little bit. Um, he did seem to get the ball out quicker. Um, yeah, he is a little bit more mobile. He's not a running threat, but he is a little bit more mobile. So that when you have these guys dropping eight, maybe there will be times on third down where he can roll out and grab it, grab a first down. You know, you, but you, this is the and it's a tough situation for him because his first start is going to be against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That is that's not ideal. Assuming he starts, I, I'm, I'm making that assumption. Yeah, and you're doing it behind an offensive line that cannot block right now. This is a rough, rough situation. It's a ter- terrible situation, which is why I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what the heck are you wanting to see from the kid? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not asking you to be Trevor Lawrence as a true freshman. I'm not. But, I mean, I don't know. Just a little more. You know? Just a little more. I, I see, a, I see a, a good quarterback. I don't necessarily see a super – like, from pretty early in Dak's career, you can see, like, that guy has something. All right? I'm, not, I'm just not but seeing – you didn't see superstar out of Dak in 2012. Not in 2012. Well, this is 2012 for Will Rogers. I, mean, I, I get. Well, I don't know that. In 2012, you were like, okay, this guy looks like he's going, especially because it looked like he was going to really fit what Mullen wanted to do. Mobile guy, but he could throw a little. We didn't know how well he was going to be able to throw. Well, see, I mean, I, I kind of think I just, Will's kind of in that same spot where you kind of. I could, feel like I'm having to like say that I hate the. I, 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 this isn't a fraud <laughs> green situation here. Everybody's been tweeting where this guy hates you. I don't. I'm just. I see a good quarterback. I don't know that if I see a great quarterback. I don't. I guess I, I just don't expect him to be great as a true freshman well, thrown into the situations he's been thrown into. I, mean, I get what you're saying, but there are true freshmen and who, I, who who are great. And you saw a a drive yesterday that Leach admitted afterwards was the best drive he's ever seen a true freshman of his put together. Okay. I mean. So I mean, I guess I'm just saying that there there have definitely. 
look, have they have there been those moments where you're like, oh, that kid, he, he is definitely a superstar. I see what you're saying from yeah. that end. No, but I don't know that you're – I don't know if that's fair to expect to see that. I'll tell you what. You know, if he goes to Alabama – I'm not saying win the game. I'm not going to say that at all. Just put together a couple of drives. You know, maybe I can buy in a little bit more. Like I said right now, I think he's perfectly good. He's a guy that you could probably go to a bowl game with. But I just don't see him and think all SEC guy. I don't. Okay. You know, it's just. But to, and, and to be fair, I'm with you. But that's that, not what the thing that's true is. The, the thing that's true is it's him no matter. <laughs> it's him no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're you're going you're going forward. Rogers gets hurt. You make then you gotta have to make a decision. I don't know that you would st- you would still go back to Costello. To be honest with you, you might go Maiden at that point because I just don't. I don't think Costello is there mentally right now. I think he's not checked out. I don't think he's given up, but he's just not right. You know, it's, he's just not right in, in between his own ears. So Will Rogers QB one as far as as far as I'm concerned. Number three, and y'all might get mad at me for this one, but uh, you know, for the through the years, I have been called and probably maybe rightly so. Pretty negative guy, you know. I'd say it's fair some days, but I will say that for the—I mean, unless I'm just wrong, when I'm negative about Mississippi State sports, it's because of what I am seeing on the field. It is what I am, you know, and I'm not personal in the in the the, the things I go with. I just talk about how poorly people are playing or bad decisions that are being made. Right. The stuff I've seen this weekend from about Costello and Kylan Hill. The thing that is true is this: y'all can miss me with this MSU is family stuff. Yeah. All right, let's just go ahead and get that out. Well, we saw that during the summer, too. We did. We did. But now it's, I mean, y- y'all. At this ju- at this juncture, it is just a marketing slogan. Yeah. The whole idea <laughs> that, you know, we're fit. No, you're not. You care about these guys as long as they're playing, and as soon as they're not, you know, you don't care. You know, Dak might be the only one that people care about, you know. I mean, right now, if Fletcher Cox just said, I'm going to stop playing and become a... Uh, you know, serial killer, people would just, you know, they would just abandon him, you know? He never said MSU on the broadcast anyway. <laughs> so, it, I mean, guys, come on. I mean, if you're going to play the family card, look at the stuff being said about Kylan Hill. I mean, look at it. Really take a minute and, and you know, my mentions are pretty, you know, when I, every every one of us tweeted about what Leach said in postgame that he was unavailable and don't know the set, and it just turned into let him go. Never liked him. Turn him loose. We're better off without him. He's a cancer. He sucks. I hate him. Really? Family? Really? So y'all miss me with that. All right. Next time y'all call me negative, maybe you would take a look in somebody's mentions before you, you go that route again. It's yeah. It's true is it the is. word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I've seen some pretty it's, terrible it's stuff. It's rough. And these are, I, I said on the air, and I think Richard and Borky were really surprised when I went this route, but I talked about, we talked about, you know, mentally with Kylan and, and how, you know, the effect of social media of him, like, taking a lot of heat for the flag. And I mentioned that Leo Lewis took a lot of heat and, you know, basically had people threatening him and stuff like that. And I was like, but that was Ole Miss fans doing it, which I think they were just like, oh my God, but it's true. Yeah. And I said, but this is state fans. Now, granted... I know you're saying anybody can sign up on social media as, you know, Bulldog 69 or whatever and say they're a state fan. And it's not true. I know that. But there are people who I know are state fans on social media. Yes. That are that are that are that attack Kylan Hill on a, on a pretty regular basis. So 
It just is what it is. And I know what you're saying. Like, well, he can just get off social media. Yeah, he can. But why should he have to do that for something that's not his fault? He's not the one attacking himself. And and people are like, oh, he's blocking people. Okay. He's trying to do something positive. He's trying to get the negative stuff out of his feed. I get get that. I don't have a problem with that. Well, you mentioned something to me before we even started recording today. Spoiler alert. We're recording before Game 7 of the NLCS. Yeah. But we were were talking about how I feel like I'm way too invested in the Atlanta Braves. And and Brian mentioned to me that if and gosh I hope this hadn't happened at this point but he was mentioning to me if Mark Melanson comes in tonight and gives up a walk off homer and the Braves lose mm-hmm. I'm not then going to go on social media and tweet at Mark Melanson how he's a fill in the blank yeah and you'll turn off the TV you'll be angry and you'll go to bed and and there are some people and look I, I think that the vast majority are not this way but right. there are some people that can't wait to tweet at Kylan Hill or about Kylan Hill or KJ Costello or what and take personal shots yeah. and, and think to to guys that are 20, 21, Which, 22 years old. Yeah, I'm not going to play the kid game with them. They're grown men. But A, you wouldn't say it to their face. B, uh, you if, if you're supposed to be a family, you certainly wouldn't say that to a family member. Um, it's just it's just, you know, it's just too much. It's just too much right now. So and I said, I don't have a problem with you saying it, to be honest with you. You want to you call somebody those words? I'm not going to say them on the air. It's a family show. But you want to go off on Kylan Hill? By all means. But don't be tweeting at recruits about thanks for joining the family. <laughs> don't be tweeting that family with the capital M in the middle hashtag there. Don't be, don't be giving me that stuff. So look in the mirror for that one, guys. Uh, number four, let's move on. I, I may be underselling Zach Arnett. I've been saying he's going to be one of these top-notch defensive coordinators, Alabama, LSU. No, no, no. Head coach. That guy's going to be a head coach in a couple years. That guy's the next Jeff Collins. Now, he's a different cat than Jeff Collins. Collins was a little bit more friendly, shall we say, get a little more personable. I don't know what kind of recruiter Arnett is yet. But from a X's and O's standpoint, I mean, I, I think I said this on the post-game Periscope. I feel like I know football. Right? I've been watching it my whole life. I watch a lot of shows. About, and this is one of those things where people talk about, oh, you're not a coach. I know that I'm not a coach. But if there were television shows available that explain the accounting process the way there are football, I feel like you could watch those. And maybe you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't let me do your taxes, but I could at least speak intelligently. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I can do. But I don't know the X's and O's. I wish I knew X's and O's better so that I could really appreciate what Arnett is doing schematically. Because he's at a talent disadvantage, for the most part. And yet, three weeks in a row, I mean, the LSU game, they played good defensively. Not great. They were were good. They've played great the last three weeks. They only gave up 317 yards. They forced a turnover. They scored scored a touchdown. Two weeks in a row, the defense has scored. Yep. Um, one of the touchdowns they gave up. The drive started at the one. I am. I am gonna. I have, I'm glad you mentioned that. I am in the process of creating a new analytic. It's called ADPAT. Uh, it's adjusted defensive points after turnovers. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a sliding scale of how much a touchdown or a field goal is worth based on where the drive starts. Yes. So a drive that starts inside your own ten. So you know, they go 10 yards or less to score a touchdown, maybe only worth like two points. So it's like maybe one-third, two-third, and then if anything over 50 yards is a full point, right? Yeah. State gate had two, 
A&M had two of their drives, two of their possessions start inside MSU's 10. One of them started on the one. I mean, you can't do anything with that. Nope. The other one started on the eight. They're going to at least get three points out of that. So of the 14 points State gave up yesterday, or the 28 points, I'm sorry, only 14 of them I can really and truly pin on the defense. 14 points should be enough to win every game you play. Especially when you get a defensive touchdown. That's insanity. But it's not when your offensive line can't, can't, can't block. block. Yeah, they Arnett is doing some high-level stuff, like stuff I can't fully wrap my head around, to be totally honest with you. And I don't. I, it's because I don't have the knowledge to do it. So, but that said, this is one of the most impressive coaching. And I feel bad for him because if you watched uh, Alabama Georgia, and, and you see Twitter on Sunday morning, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you know the Alabama and Georgia good defenses. Nobody else has a good defense in the S." And I feel bad. There are a couple. Of, first off, Kentucky's defense is very good, but Arnett's defense is, is incredibly good. It's incredibly good, but nobody's paying attention to that. No. Because all they're seeing is how, how the air rate is falling on his face. So my prediction for him is within two years, he'll be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. He might want to work on the whole uh, needs to be a little wear, happier. Wear, wearing the emotions on his sleeve. He's a little happier. His media, I mean, he, he wouldn't even admit it, I think. Uh, oh, you say that? He, Bill Belichick doesn't do that. That's true. That's true. I'm not saying they're the same guy, but there's some similarities there for sure. Both defensive guys. You know, I don't know if Arnett's a coach's son. I'd be, I, I might, that might be a good question to ask. I'm like, Coach, you know, honestly, in your mannerisms, you remind me of Bill Belichick. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go from there. I don't know. So, Number five, you ready for some positivity? Let's go. Incredibly, my prediction is still in play for Mississippi State. Yeah. It has gone almost exactly according to plan. I had them one, one and three. In, well, you had them one and four. I got them losing next week. Yeah. Now, granted, I had them losing LSU but beating Arkansas. But it's still in play. I mean, I'm just how and everything else that's gone wrong this year. I got I have somehow gotten that that number at least right. And that Arkansas loss, by the way, is not looking so bad at all. That, they're a good team. Yeah, they are. They're, they're a really a good, good team. team. Sam Pittman, coach of the year. Oh, well, no well, doubt. Well, Slam dunk. Well, now it's week four. I mean, they don't win again. They're going to win again. They're going to win again. But if they don't win again, it's he it wouldn't. You got to let the season play out. Okay. Yeah, so I agree with something Brandon Marcello said today. He talked about people are calling this the biggest turnaround of all time. He's like, I, I witnessed a three and eight team go twelve and two and play for the national title the next year. I mean, let's yeah. let's let the season play out. But he's, right now, if you had to vote, sort of like Costello was the Week One Heisman winner, yeah, Sam Pittman. They should be three and one and ranked in the top fifteen. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah, the SEC screwed them out of three and one. But my prediction is still in play. And then number six is how different will people's perception be if it holds the whole way? What if they finish four and six? They lose to Alabama, and they lose to Georgia, and then they but they beat Vandy, Missouri, Missouri and Ole Miss. Miss. And by the way, Auburn is beatable too. Yeah, Auburn is not good. What if they've been a five and five? Could it happen? Sure. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I feel more confident. I mean, defensively, they're going to be in every game except maybe Alabama. I mean, Georgia Georgia offensively doesn't scare the hell out of you. The if problem I, is you just know that you're not going to be able to move the football on them. If I hadn't seen how poorly the offensive line played this past week, I would be more on board with that could happen. I agree. And, and look, they can figure it out. They can I'm figure not, it out. They don't have a – I mean, playing Bama in a couple of weeks isn't the greatest place to try and get it figured out. You're right, out but then you have Vanderbilt. 
beat Vanderbilt, get some positive momentum going. Feel then, good about yourself. And then you, you see where the next week takes you against Auburn. Bo Nix is awful. He is not good. Chad, Chad Morris, I wouldn't let that guy run a little Caesars, let alone a college offense. I don't understand how... That guy should have gone into the Saban Witness Protection Program. Go be an analyst for a couple of years. <laughs> Who hired him to be an offensive coordinator? And now, I just I don't get that. So Auburn's O line's not good. But seriously, either, by the way, you're talking about Auburn. Yeah, they're not. They're terrible. So, but seriously, if this team finishes where I have them at four and six, and they win the Egg Bowl, everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna be just fine if they finish five and five, especially. Where they are now, too. If if Will Rogers is kind of orchestrating some yeah. of that, and you're like, "Here's our guy," you, kind you, of deal. Yeah, if you can turn this around and win the games that I I have predicted to win, and Will Rogers looks good in doing it, everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, everybody's going to be happy. Speaking of that, number seven. This is just going to be a process, and St- Mississippi State has to commit to it. And I don't just mean the fans have to commit. You know, there's already people like we got to get rid of Leach, and it's just never going to work, guys. Leach is going to be here for at least three seasons. Mm-hmm. At least. You cannot fire Moorhead after two years, after two bowl game years, then fire Leach. I mean, who are you going to hire at that point? Who's the Rick Ray of college football? And then you're going to have a roster half recruited to run a run-first RPO zone read scheme, half recruited to run an air raid, pass it 60-time-a-game scheme. You got a mismatch. You got you got you you got you got the island of misfit toys on your roster. So, you, state's going to have to commit to this. This year might be painful, but Mike Leach is going unless he just ups and decides I don't want to do this. I don't need this five million dollar a year job anymore. Going nowhere. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nobody's more invested in him than John Cohen is, and so he's going to stick stick this out. He's going to you know. Screw his courage to the post and go. And and while I while I acknowledge, as Mike Leach acknowledged himself yesterday in post game, that this is the most his offense has ever struggled at any point in his career. It's not totally unlike like year one at Washington State. You know, that feels like excuse making a little bit for Mike Leach, but when you consider that he's had some bumps in the road early in his stops before. Plus, oh, by the way, I do think – I originally didn't think maybe it'd matter all that much. Mm-hmm. I'm now of the opinion them not having a spring mattered a lot. It's, it's, it's difficult to say that because everybody else didn't have a spring either. But did anybody have as radical a change? I mean, what Ole Miss is doing this year is different than what they did a year ago. No question. Yeah. But I feel like some of the principles are still the same, you know. Ole Miss was running a shotgun spread offense. It just went up from – it was a predominantly a run offense. But I think last year, if Corral never gets hurt, they probably aren't that different offensively. They, they changed because they had Plumlee, and then that's just sort of where that went. Arkansas, I mean, my guess is what Morris does and what Bryles does, not that different. Probably not that different. The difference is Bryles is an effective play caller and, and Morris is not. Missouri, same thing. I mean – you know they were running spread offense, mobile quarterback. So yeah, I, I get what I, I can see both sides of this argument. I just feel like it's a, a little bit of an excuse, but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But this right now, guys, this is a process. This is a three-year job. If at the end of year three, state's still not any good, then you can say, you know what, Mike Leach's offense does not work in the SEC, and you can move forward. But until then, it's just going to be this way. 
You, you, you got two choices. Then this is sort of a, a state did that bandwagon thing a couple weeks ago, right mm-hmm. after the LSU game. Guys, this is what the Mississippi State bandwagon is. It's ups and downs. It's not smooth sailing. It never has been, and it, it never, never will it be. Never will be. <laughs> so if you're on the bandwagon. This is welcome. This the, is what it's like. If you're on the bandwagon, bring a seat cushion. Bring a seat cushion and maybe a little bourbon. <laughs> Get you through the bumpy spots. You know, there's some fun times on the MSU bandwagon, but there's some hard times too. Hard times, Daddy. So just, just this is what it's like. It's sort of an inter, sort of a perfect metaphor. Little kings and queens, and sometimes you die in a back alley on poking beans. Amen. That's just the way it has to be. All right, number eight. Long term. I'm not worried. Mike Leach is a smart guy, a good head coach. Look, I, Joe Moorhead's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I get that. But there was no proven track record of success with Joe Moorhead like there is with Mike Leach. So there was no reason to sit there and say, oh, he'll, he'll turn it around. He's done it before. Didn't have that with Moorhead. You got that with Leach. Yep. First three years of Washington State were tough. He went 3-9, and 6-7, and 3-9, and nine, and then they didn't win less than eight the rest of the way. Uh, he was, I think, 6-6 six and six his first year at Texas Tech, and then he started winning eight, nine games a year. So that's how that's going to have to go. All right. Long term, Mike Leach's system has worked everywhere it's been. He's thrown the ball effectively everywhere he's gone. It's going to work long term. But number nine is short term. It's just about fixing one thing. Yep. If state can block and the offense is still not effective, then we have then you have a then you have a schematic concern. Then you have, okay, they're getting protection. Quarterback has time to throw and still guys aren't coming up. I mean, think about if if you think about five on three, the way it's supposed to work, right? The quarterback is just standing in the pocket. He's got all day to throw. You can only cover for so long. Somebody is going to break open at mm-hmm. some point. So let me fix if that issue gets fixed, and you got two weeks, and I don't know, you really got three weeks to be honest with you. If I honestly, if I'm if I'm Mike Leach, I'm I'm practicing for Vanderbilt. I'm making sure I win that game. Alabama, let's go out there and do the best we can. Sort of like what Moorhead was at Abilene Christian last year where he came in the press conference and he was like, I lied. We looked at Ole Miss this week. Yeah. Same thing. A little different because you're not careful with Alabama. They'll hurt you. But you got to fix one thing. You know, this is sort of like people are, you know, you got a car that's like, oh, there's a little noise here and my windshield wipers don't work and maybe my tire needs a little air. You're neglecting that the engine isn't in the car. Put the engine in the car first. And then we'll worry about these other problems, all right? Receiver's not as good as you want them to be. Quarterback's sliding a yard short. Who cares? You can't block. (laughs) You got to block. Once we get that problem fixed, then we'll move on to the next problem. And you saw... For what you know, the adjustments they made. I know we hit on this earlier, but mm-hmm. you saw some promise in the fourth towards quarter. That they blocked fixed. better. Yeah. So maybe they'll figure some things out. Yeah. Number ten. This is sort of a, a big picture idea, and you tell me if you agree. I think ticket sales are going to be incredibly difficult going forward. Yesterday was as gorgeous a day that I remember for football in a long time. Not cold. Not hot. Not a cloud in the sky. Blue skies. Beautiful. There were a lot less people, I thought, from week from the Arkansas game to this one. I felt like there were maybe three or four thousand fewer people. And I know I saw some people, some friends of mine on Facebook, who I know are pretty diehard state fans. A couple of guys I know are season ticket holders, and they, maybe they opted out because of COVID or whatever. But I saw them taking trips and doing stuff, and they were clearly not watching this football game. They're not even watching this football game. And I just wonder how many people are going to get used to being in the recliner with food in the fridge and not having to pay. 
to, to park and not having to pay to do this, that, and the other. And, you know, I want to go to the restroom. Well, it's just right there. Mm-hmm. And just say, it's just not worth it. Even if the team is good. I, I, the state, state could be 4-0. and And there would still be people who would go, you know what? I got it pretty good here at home. I got this 80-inch television. And my, my family's right here. And I'm not spending four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 a year. You know? Marketing has got their work cut out for them. Yep. You know? I'll tell you one thing they need to do right off the bat. The crowd noise, just 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 get rid of that. It's useless. I think the point of it is that people, people are saying, why do we do that when we're on offense? I think the SEC, and I don't know this for a fact, but it had to be a, a compromise of, look, you can't turn the noise off when you're on offense. You can't, I mean, I understand if, if you have a, when you have the crowd noise works, how it works, but there's still crowd noise when the team's on offense, when the, the stadium is full. Yeah. And some of it's just probably broadcast presentation stuff. Like, well, I mean, there's ways to do that that where you just pipe it in where you can't hear it in the stadium, right? Because yeah, that's what the Premier League does. Yeah, so it's doable. I, I would just can the crowd noise. I don't think it's. A, I think it's. I think it's useless. And it's not, it's not doing. Any, yeah, I think it's annoying more people than it's doing you any good. Yeah, but we'll it, back, back to your point though. I mean, even before COVID, um, college athletic departments around the country, yeah, face a heck of a challenge with. Big TVs, they don't cost as much as they used to. Uh, HD, sit at home, got your got your toilet five feet away if you need to go uh, hop over in the bathroom for a minute. No lines. Like you said, fridge full. It's just easier, man. It, yeah. it's, getting e- it's getting easier. You get better views. Sometimes sitting at home, I mean, you're right, man. It's It's a tough, tough tough thing but still for, for all time though the greatest marketing tool in the world is winning yeah right now in addition to covid in addition to the fact you can sit at home and get a good view mm-hmm. uh in addition to the fact some people lost jobs or have decreased incomes and, and things like that state's losing yeah. and and i mean when you're losing and not only losing what have we said so many times on the show it's not it's, how it's not you it's how you lose they have not been entertaining the That's, last three weeks yeah Football at its core. So who wants to spend money to see it? This is something that people, uh, a lot of, like when you're a hardcore fan, you don't understand that football is about being entertained. Like, you go to the games to be entertained. It's entertainment. If the games aren't entertaining, and it's one thing if you lose. You know, so you you win, you lose. Half teams are going to play. They're going to win. Half teams are going to lose. Also, cough, cough. Uh, But if you go to the games and they're not entertaining, I mean, you don't want to go. Even Kroom, like that year in, in... those games, a lot of those games, they were not entertaining. They were, it was just drag it out, grind it out, war of attrition football. And in 2007, you could sort of get away with that. In 2020, you can't. You need to be able to move the football and score points. People would much rather see their team. If, if you're going to lose, if I say, here's your choices. You lose 13-3 to three, or you lose 51-45. to 45. See Ole Miss, Alabama exactly. a week ago. Exactly. So, I don't envy the job. That the marketing staff has at Mississippi State right now. It's going to be a tough one to get people back in the stadium. Especially if they if you start winning, if State finishes strong, you'll have something to boost to do that with. But they need to do that, so we'll see. All right, enough of stuff me. Enough of what I'm talking about. Let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right, Coffee is for Closers is brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Joel's informed me. We've got a couple of uh, 
Brewed Forward's waiting on us. So I want to thank whoever uh, did that for us. You didn't... Well, it was Ryan Sims, so you can thank Ryan Sims. Ryan, thank you very, very much. I appreciate your uh, we do thank your you. generosity. And, of course, we appreciate all of your generosity whenever you head over to Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, one of the great Keystone local businesses here in Starkville. Hope you guys who were here this weekend came, came by and paid them a visit. You shouldn't make any trip to Starkville without hitting up Strange Brew. And, of course, we keep bringing up the holiday season. You know you can shop online and get some of that coffee delivered for the coffee lover in your life. A great stocking stuffer. I don't know how big the stocking has to be to stuff a whole bag of coffee in there, but you can make it happen. It's the miracle. It's Christmas time. It's the time of miracles. So make that happen. Strange Brew Coffee House and, of course, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Gift cards also uh, available. Uh, Joel, was there any any question? That the there, There's no big men getting coffee this week. No. The O-line from Ma- Mason Miller... And his whole group are coffeeless. Not one bean can they have. They can't even have one of the chocolate-covered espresso beans that you get. Nope, yeah, stick to Red Bull because you need to stay awake and fix it. Yeah. But no coffee. Yeah, you need to inject some Mountain Dew directly into your veins. <laughs> but if I, I don't want to catch any one of them drinking a cup of coffee this week. So... Uh, and then, once again, nationally, did anything really... Nothing really stood out to me as, as you know, you know that... that what happened? So yeah. I think I'm going to do two SEC ones the, again. The swag chalice getting shattered, I guess. By, yeah, but but it's Clemson. I mean, it's Clemson. Yeah, I felt bad for Clemson. They were just basically running. I felt, I guess, I should, I'm about saying George Tech. I felt bad for Clemson. They were trying not to score, and they could not be stopped. So, um, yeah, Matt Corral's got no coffee. I know. I think California coffee culture is a big thing, but not so much for Matt Corral. Seven turnovers. California QBs, huh? Six picks. I know, right? Six picks. Pulled the, uh, That gave you the full Henning. Plus a fumble. That's just bad. <laughs> Is that the new thing? You know, the full like, Henning. Like in baseball, you know, you have the, the golden sombrero and all that sort of stuff when yeah. you strike out so many times. Is that If you throw six picks, that's the Henning? That's the Henning. The full Henning. They got the full experience, right? Six picks. Two of them taken back for touchdowns as Ole Miss... I, t- I told Richard Cross, and it's sort of funny. Rich- Richard and, and Michael Michael and a lot of the listeners last week were sort of the way MSU fans and I was. I were. I don't know the subject-verb agreement there. Uh, week one. Looking at the head schedule and like, man, these are games State could all win. Man, they could win seven, eight games. And and that's what it was last week for Ole Miss. They're like, oh, you know, after this Alabama, look at this schedule here. Oh, oh, Arkansas and Auburn and Vanderbilt and South Carolina, they can win all those games. And now you're like, crap. Because <laughs> you might not win any of them because you can't rely on your defense. Arkansas still had 400 yards, and that's with two possessions that went straight to the end zone defensively. I mean, they still couldn't stop them. Ole Miss rushed for 240 yards and lost by two touchdowns. That takes some doing, but it all starts with Corral. Who had been, I'll, I'll give Corral a lot of credit. Prior to this game, was playing as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, it seemed people were talking about him for the Heisman. I'm like, maybe we should stop missing Mississippi kids with the Heisman. It seems to have an adverse effect. Yeah, as a Heisman voter right now, I don't think there's anyone in Mississippi I would vote for. I, I wouldn't if I were you either. Um, but say so Matt Corral, not a drop of coffee for that guy. Uh, and then in the Hey Dad Hates Me Bowl. Auburn versus South Carolina. Malzahn versus Muschamp. You nearly went with South Carolina on this game in our picks, didn't you? Didn't no, you consider it? No, I did. I did. I, I really did think Auburn was better than they would yeah. win. Well, as always, Gus Malzahn reminds me that he is not as good as anybody. 
No uh, Waffle House. No Waffle House, and they have coffee at the Waffle House, and he can't have any of that either. No coffee for Gus Malzahn. I mean, that team is just not good. They can't block anybody either. Bo Nix is a, you know, Bo Nix right now is like a homeless man's Nick Fitzgerald. All right? He is just <laughs> not good. But he had all this recruiting hype, which I, man, he must have been really good in high school. Because in the college era, I'm not seeing it at all. Um, they can't run the football. Well, a lot of that's just based upon his legacy, the name. No, no, no. The name there. Well, I mean, it's not like Patrick Nix. I mean, it's not like his last name was Tebow That's or true. Manning That's or true. something. I mean, Patrick Nix was a decent quarterback at Auburn, and I am feel like I'm giving him a lot of praise there when I say decent. Um, I mean, they're just not good. Auburn, let's look at the Auburn schedule. Who do they got next? They still have, they got, Auburn Ole Miss this weekend is an incredibly intriguing game to the point where I could consider myself going up there and see if I could get a credential or just a ticket and to watch that game because I think it's going to be a train wreck. Um, but then Auburn, Gosh, we got to pick that game, don't we? Yeah, oh. and then the next week they play LSU. One team can't stop anybody. One can't, team can't move the football. Who wins? And then they finish up with State, Tennessee, Alabama, Texas A&M. They're going to easily lose two or three more games, and they should have lost the week before. They fire him? You think that happens? Because coming I, into the I, year, I, I didn't know, think I didn't so. know what the guaranteed money in this was that. If it's like $25, $30 million now. No, they can't. Imagine imagine firing Malzahn and paying him that kind of buyout, and then two weeks later announcing you're going to cut 100 jobs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just not worth the headache. So, But one thing, I know one expense you can cut. No coffee in the office for Gus Malzahn and the Auburn uh, Tigers. By the way, real quick, Chad Morris. That guy's terrible. I don't understand how that guy... I. I one of the great mysteries of all time, you know, it's just it's right up there with like you know the Loch Ness monster. Like, how did this guy get another job after what he did at Arkansas? That guy should be running an auto parts store. Like, you should be going to O'Reilly Auto Parts and like, can I speak to the manager? Yeah, it's it's this guy. Let me go get him. The guy going to get the manager is Chad Morris. He's not the manager. Don't let that guy manage anything. His buddy did him a solid. You know, he and Gus. I wish like, I had a friend, but get you a friend that loves you like Gus Malzahn loves Chad Morris. <laughs> My goodness. Just handing him the keys to the key. Call the plays, Chad. Insert car wreck noise here. They are awful. All right, tomorrow's show. Uh, it's a bye week, so there's no Leach press conference, so we'll just come on and we'll figure out some things to talk about. Uh, plus, uh, we, got our, we got our picks to do. Uh, also this week, we've already got interviews lined up with Nikki McRae-Pinson and Samantha Ricketts. Hoping to get some confirmation when we'll talk to Ben Hallen and Chris Lamonis. We're going to try to hit those other sports up this week and give them some focus. We'll have the rumblings on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, anything else happens, we'll talk about it then. So, guys, have a great uh, Sunday and Monday. Back with you on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.